KVV Las Vegas. Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Posted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we are on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you're local, you need to dial 702-650-5588 to join in on our discussion today. Again, that number is 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you, and that would be 800-366-8883. I say again, 800-366-8883. We are being streamed live from KKVV's website, and that website is www.kkvv.com. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, please visit us at Save the Lost at All Costs' website, and our web address is www.savethelostlv.org. All you have to do is click on to radio broadcast and listen to anything that you've missed. We archive every broadcast. The gospel is always free on our watch. Again, our web address is www.savethelostlv.org. Also, if you have a Apple device, we are being archived for free as well on iTunes. So I encourage you to check us out on iTunes as well. If you have a cell phone, and most of us do, or have access to one, you can listen to KKVV 1060 AM via your cell phone. You can listen to Save the Lost at All Costs right now. Now that number, I really, really encourage you to lock in under your phone contacts, and that number would be 563-999-3194. Again, 563 563- Nine 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 thirty one ninety four. So, we're going to get into it today, and we are going to be talking about the split between Samuel and Saul. Again, we are going to be talking about the split between Samuel and Saul. And I do have to apologize to you, my listening audience. Uh, the beginning of the year, I told you I would give you a Greek word. Every week, well, guess what? Yesterday was my birthday, and I didn't do anything. So please forgive me for not having the Greek word for the week, but I I promise you next week I will have two Greek words for you. So if you give me a pass, charge it to my head and not to my heart, and I will do that for you. So, again, we're talking about the split between uh, Samuel and Saul, and I, I thank the Lord for everyone who called, who texted, to wish me a great blessings on my birthday. I really appreciate that. 
uh, it was a day for me just to be unplugged and not do anything, not go anywhere. So uh, it was a day for me. I had some me time, and I really appreciate it. But your love, your blessings, your encouragement, it means a lot to me. And you know who you are, and I appreciate you, and I love you, and thank you. So we're going to go to 1 Samuel. We're going to go to chapter 15, and we are going to read a verse that uh, a couple of verses that deal with the split. So we're going to deal with verses uh, 34 and 35. Okay? Again, we're talking about the split between Saul, uh, Samuel and Saul, and uh, we will find that in 1 Samuel chapter 15. We're going to hang out there. We'll, we'll go to a couple of other places in the Bible, but we're going to spend the majority of our time there. So... I want to uh, get you prepared for that. So we're going to go to verse 34 and verse 35. And then I'll start giving you some background. But I, I want to uh, definitely take you to the split. All right? So verse 34. Then Samuel went to Ramah and Saul went up to his house at Jabia of Saul, 35. And Samuel went no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned for Saul, and the Lord regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. So let's go back to the beginning of the chapter 15. It's a couple of verses I want to read there, and then I'll start breaking some things down for you. So we are in 1 Samuel chapter 15, and we're looking at verses 1 through 3. And the Word of God says this, verse 1, Samuel also said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people, over Israel. Now, therefore, heed the voice of the words of the Lord. Verse 2, thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel, how he ambushed him on the way when he came up from Egypt. 3, now go and attack Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and do not spare them, but kill both man and woman, infant and nursing child, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. Okay, so let's give you a little bit of background. Now, Samuel was God's priest and prophet. And before the word prophet was used, used the word seer, uh, S-E-E-R. So he was the spiritual leader for Israel. Now, Saul was the military and political leader. Now, Saul was the first king of Israel. And Samuel was the last priest and prophet of the Old Testament. So now we have who Saul is. And who Samuel is. Now I want to. 
go back and reflect a little bit about Samuel from his mother's prayer about him. Now, he was truly a special child. He was a special man. And he and the Lord have been walking together forever, his whole life. So even before he came about, he truly represented something special. So we are going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 2. And we're going to look at verses 1 through, I would say, 11. Because that's uh, the prayer that his mother prayed. Again, we're going to 1 Samuel chapter 2, and we're looking at verses 1 through 11. All right, so the word of God says this, verse 1, And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. Verse 2, No one is holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you nor is there any rock like our God. Three, talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. Four, the bowls of the mighty men are broken, and those who stumbled are girthed with strength. Five, those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, and the hungry have ceased to hunger. Even the barren have borne seven, and she who has many children has become feeble. Six, the Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and brings up. Seven, the Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. Eight, he raises the poor from the dust and he lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set them among princes and make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and he has set the world upon them. Nine, he will guard the feet of his saints, but the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength no man shall prevail. Ten, the adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. From heaven he will thunder against them. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Then Elkaniah went to his house at Ramah. But the child ministered to the Lord before Eli the priest. The child they're talking about in verse 11 is Samuel. 
So this is just so rich. The split between Samuel and Saul. This is what we're talking about today. So I wanted to give you a reminder of Samuel and who he came from and the prayer that his mother prayed. And he did serve Eli. And after Eli came Samuel, and Samuel's the last of his kind. Now, Saul was anointed as the first king by Samuel, by the word of God, to administer politically and militarily over the house of Israel. So let's go back to Exodus and Deuteronomy and see what God's position is against the enemy that Saul has been charged with destroying. And God said, utterly destroy. And that would be the Malachites. So let me take you back. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to go to Exodus and read a couple of verses so you can really get the fullness of it. And we're going to go to verses 14 through 16. Again, Exodus 17, we're looking at verses 14 through 16. Verse 14, and the word of God says this. Then the Lord says to Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. 15, and Moses built an altar and called its name, The Lord is my banner. 16, for he said, because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. I think you may be familiar with the phrase Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. Now let's go to Deuteronomy and see what the Lord says here. We're going to go to Deuteronomy 25 and we're going to read a couple of verses and we're going to go to verses 17 through 19 and the word of God says this verse 17 remember what Amalek did to you on the way as you were coming out of Egypt 18 now he met you on the way and attacked your rear ranks. All the stragglers at your rear when you were tired and weary and he did not fear God. 19. Therefore it shall be when the Lord your God has given you rest from your enemies all around in the land which the Lord your God is giving to possess as an inheritance that you will blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. You shall not forget. Wow. Now you see why 
1 Samuel 15 verses 1 through 3 are so poignant. So here you have Saul, the first king appointed over Israel. Charged with fulfilling the prophecy, the word of God that was spoke to be a memorial that Amalek would be wiped out in a season 400 years up to where we are from Exodus to 1 Samuel 15. That was 400 years. So it's time for it to come. So Almighty God has given the Amalekites plenty of time to repent from what they've done. But no, there's no repentance in them. What they did to the house of Israel as they were coming out of Egypt, tired and weary, was done without provocation. The house of Israel had done nothing to them. They did it because they were violent and greedy. And God hates those who attack those who are weak and who are vulnerable. And especially when they're his. See, time doesn't erase sin before God. Only the blood of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, can erase sin. But there was no type of repentance by the Amalekites. No. Not at all. And can you imagine 400 years that have passed? How patient was God with them? How patient has God been with us? 400 years. We see it said in Exodus. We saw it again in Deuteronomy. If God says it, his word will be performed. So this is where we are. And this again we're talking about is the split between Samuel and Saul. So let's go back to 1 Samuel and start looking at some more verses in chapter 15. Now, again, Saul was the political and military leader for the house of Israel. And Samuel was the priest, the prophet, the seer, the spiritual leader. And like I said, as a child, he has served the Lord. His mother dedicated him to the Lord. So, Samuel has been talking and serving to the Lord, and serving the Lord for a long time. Talking with and serving the Lord for a long time. So, let's 
start looking at this. So we're going to go down to verse 4. And it says, So Saul gathered the people together and numbered them and to lame 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to the city of Amalek and laid in wait in the valley. See, Saul was very strategic. He was a man of great military might. So this was something that he knew how to do and was very successful. So let's look at verse 7. And it says, Saul attacked the Amalekites. Okay? And then also... Verse 8, it said, he also took Aga, king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. Nine, but Saul and the people spared Aga and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good and were unwilling to utterly destroy them. But everything despised and worthless, they utterly destroyed. Here they are making judgments. Now God had given Samuel the instruction. There was nothing to be left of the Amalekites. Nothing. But here we see, not only has Saul taken the king and spared him, but he had to decide what was worthless and what should be utterly destroyed. He didn't go by God's standard because there were some things that he kept based on what he thought. Now, that's a problem with a lot of military leaders and political leaders. It's about what the people want. Basically, that's what it comes down to. Samuel didn't have that problem. Samuel's only concern was what God wanted. And we have to see where our motivation is. Because where your motivation is, is going to determine how you act upon what God has told you to do. But God was very clear in what he wanted. The utter destruction of the Amalekites. There would be nothing left. They would be totally wiped out. That was his instruction. So, let's look at verse 10. Now the word of the Lord came to Samuel saying, verse 11, I greatly regret that I have set up King 
have set up Saul as king, for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried out to the Lord all night. Wow. Now, when people see this, I'm reading from the New King James Version. They said, how can the Lord regret anything? He's the Lord. He's God Almighty. He's all-knowing. The word there, regret, would be an anthropomorphism. And anthropomorphism is explaining God in a human way. It's going native. It's so that you can really understand what is meant by that. It's trying to bring God in a humanistic way so that you can understand. God's word will be affirmed. He's sovereign. But he's trying to make sure that you can understand. Because it has grave consequences for Saul. So much so that Samuel cried out to the Lord and cried all night for Saul. He knew what was going to happen because of Saul's disobedience. He knew what God meant in Exodus, in Exodus and Deuteronomy about wiping out these enemies that dealt with God's people so treacherously as they were coming out of Egypt. So much so that he commanded Moses to write a memorial about what was going to happen to them, the Amalekites. He said he grieved Samuel. He cried out to the Lord all night. Twelve. So when Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, it was told Samuel saying, Saul went to Carmel. And indeed he set up a monument for himself and he has gone on around, passed by and gone down to Gilgad. Okay, now, Saul was so prideful, he set up a monument to himself and did not do what God had commanded him to do. He did not wipe out the Amalekites. He kept things for himself, kept the king alive, and then Sets up a monument. Saul has become spiritually blind. That he can't even see. 
how offensive and how rebellious and disobedient this is to God. He has offended God. He has challenged God's word. Yes. This is quite painful for Samuel. Because he is the one that's going to have to bring God's discipline to the king of Israel. Samuel was the one that was given the instruction to anoint Saul as the king. But let's not despair here. It's getting very dangerous. Because time is up for Saul. Now, let's go to 1 Samuel, and we are going to look at chapter 13, and look at verse 14. Now, we have been spending a lot of time in 1 Samuel chapter 15, but let me let you know what's going on. In 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 14, and the word of God says this, But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Wow. See, Saul had plenty of excuses for his disobedience. But Samuel has zeroed in on the real issue. And I'll point it out to you. And we'll see it. But there's already someone in place. And we know that King David is the one because he is truly the man that's after God's own heart. Because David understands the importance of repentance and getting back in right standing with God. This was something that didn't interest Saul because his motivation was politics and military. He didn't have a spiritual motivation. Yet, he wanted To have God's glory in battle. Monuments wanting to keep things. Wanting to rewrite what God has already spoken. So, let's go back to 1 Samuel 15. And let's look at verse 13. Again, we're in 1 Samuel chapter 15, and we're going to verse 13. 
Then Samuel went to Saul. And Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. (laughs) He greets Samuel, tells him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. He's boasting. He has performed the commandment of the Lord. How did he do that? Well, let's see. 14, but Samuel said, what then is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen, which I hear? See, no animals were supposed to be kept. They were supposed to be wiped out, everything. It said, ox, sheep, camel, donkey. It said, do not spare them. Kill both man and woman, infant and nursing child, ox, sheep, camel, and donkey. Nothing of the Malachites were to remain. Nothing. 16. Then Samuel said to Saul, Be quiet, and I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And he said to him, Speak on. 17. So Samuel said, When you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribes of Israel? And did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? 18. Now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. 19. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? Twenty. And Saul said to Samuel, But I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission of which the Lord sent me and brought back Aga, king of Amalek, and I have utterly destroyed the Amaleks. The Amalekites, excuse me. And I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. 21. But the people took of the plunder, sheep and oxen, the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgad. It's the people again. He's blaming the people. Now he's the king. And he's blaming the people. He said the people took the plunder. The best of the things. What should have been destroyed. And what did he say? We're going to sacrifice them. For the Lord. What an abomination. What a sacrifice be to God of that that he said he wanted utterly wiped out because of the violence and the greed and the unprovoked that his people didn't do anything they did not provoke the Amalekites as they were coming out of Egypt and they attacked the rear The rear ranks, the ones that were the most vulnerable, 
weary and tired, the stragglers. They were the weakest. It took them more time to move. And that's where they attacked. And Saul has a lot of excuses. Not once. Is he showing any kind of repentance? He knew exactly what God wanted. This man is of great military might. Very skilled. It's not a problem for him to kill. But he's so blind now. That he cannot see what he has done. It's plain for Samuel to see and point it out. Because Samuel has a heart for God. And sometimes, sisters and brothers of Christ... There will be people who do not have a heart for God. They have a heart for the things that they want to do and how they want to do it. And they cannot see that they are in direct contrast to what God's word has stated. They operate in rebellion and disobedience. Yet, they would say they are believers. Well, like I told you earlier, time doesn't erase sin before God. The blood of Jesus erases sin before God. And when you're in relationship With the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Spirit. That has an indwelling in you. And the Holy Spirit will not be against. What God has commanded. The Holy Spirit. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our Heavenly Father. God Almighty. All work together. That is the kingdom of God. And his word will not come back void. It will be performed. So we need to get this lesson. About the split between Samuel and Saul. We have to see the Samuel in us and we have to see the Saul in us. And the Saul will not prevail. Because God will have his way and he will have his say. And this is something that we need to address. Because we will have to give an account. As we stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have a great opportunity to do the work now. Let's look at verse 22. So Samuel said, Has the Lord 
as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is an iniquity and idolatry, because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Wow. See, rebellion and stubbornness are very serious sins. They involve far more than being independent and strong-minded. Scripture equates them with witchcraft and idolatry. Sins worthy of death. We ought to think about that. In verse 22, it says, Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. And obeying who? Obeying the voice of the Lord. And when you are a believer and you're walking with the Lord and you are operating in rebellion and stubbornness, You're operating in witchcraft and idolatry. And so, for a quick refresher, let's go to Exodus 20. And then we're coming back to 1 Samuel chapter 15. But it says, Exodus 20, verse 1, And God spoke all these words, saying, Two, I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. Three, you shall have no other gods before me. For you shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Five, you shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. Six, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Well, we've got a problem here with Saul. And you can see why Samuel was so grieved and cried out to God all night because he's the one 
that has to give the discipline. And a lot of times when we're ministering to people, we are very grieved by their behaviors and their attitudes, especially those that are brothers and sisters of Christ. It hurts. It's sad to see them operate in other rebellion and stubbornness and have a total disdain for the word of God and try to justify their behaviors and choices when clearly God has instructed them to do something different. See, the Holy Spirit will bear witness to what it is that God has instructed. But what you do, you do in front of God in the universe. You will not be able to hide from Him. It's important That you have a heart for God and the things of God. Because when you don't, then you become blinded by your pride. And you try to justify that you are operating and doing, thus says the Lord. Saul was adamant that he had did what God instructed him to do. And it was the people's fault. And after all, we'll just sacrifice it to you. God is not interested in their burnt offerings and sacrifices. He's interested in them obeying his word. So a lot of times people go out and get things. Oh, I'll just give them something. I'll just do this. I'll do that. Obedience, men and women of God, is Better than sacrifice. Everything comes from God anyway. All our blessings flow from him. What are you giving to him? That's not already his. You have to catch that in your spirit. Oh, here we go. Verse 24. Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. 25. Now, therefore, please pardon my sin and return with me that I may worship the Lord. 26. But Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you. For you have rejected the word of the Lord. And the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. 27. And as Samuel turned around to go away, Saul seized the edge of his robe and tore it. 28. So Samuel said to him, The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today. And has given it to a neighbor of yours who is better than you. 
29, and also the strength of Israel will not lie nor relent, for he is not a man that he should relent. 30, then he said, I have sinned, yet honor me now, please, before the elders of my people and before Israel, and return with me that I may worship the Lord your God. See, look at that. He says, 30. Then he said that I have sinned, yet honor me now, please, before the elders of my people and before Israel and return with me that I may worship the Lord your God. Do you see that? He says your God. He's talking to Samuel. He's your God. Is he not Saul's God? Did God not make Saul king of Israel over his people? Yet he refers to God as your God, Samuel? Wow. 31. So Samuel turned back after Saul and Saul worshiped the Lord. 32. Then Samuel said, bring Aga, king of the Amalekites here to me. So Aga came to him cautiously and Aga said, Surely the bitterness of death is past. 33. But Samuel said, As your sword has made women childless, so shall your mother be childless among women. And Samuel hacked Aga in pieces before the Lord in Gilgad. 34. Then Samuel went to Ramah, and Saul went up to his house at Jabiah of Saul. 35. And Saul went no more to see. No. And Samuel. Let me say this again. 35. And Samuel went no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned of Saul. And the Lord regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. We have a caller. We'll take it. And then there are a couple of things I want to point out to you. Hello, you're on Save the Lost at All Costs. God bless you and thank you for waiting. God bless you too, woman of God, and happy birthday again. Um, I had a, Yes, okay. I'm blown away about this message. Um, call me later. But my question is, when the scripture says that disobedience is as of witchcraft and that how... Saul just lost his mind. My question is this. Okay, I'm a, I am mean, I sin every day. Am I going to hell? That's all I want to know. Okay. Uh, we have talked about, you know, types of sins. Okay. So I don't equate the sin that you do, the personal sins, as to what, Saul was instructed to do. Saul was given a very specific instruction because we saw that this has to come to pass because what was said by God in Exodus and also what was said in Deuteronomy 
See, when you come against God and you come against his people, he says, vengeance on my right. I will repay. Yes. His word will okay. not come back void. Who okay. is Saul to alter the word of God? Okay. Amen. Who, who is okay. Saul? No, who, who is Saul to challenge God on who his enemies are? Okay. Thank you. I got it now. So, you know, that, that's the whole thing. And the thing is that we have to operate from repentance. See, the thing is to have a heart for God and the things of God. Saul did not display Amen. that. Saul was very concerned about military pursuits and political pursuits. He had a different and heart. personal motivation. Exactly. And then when it came time to be responsible, he blamed the people. It's everybody. And, oh, my God. It's yes. everybody but his fault. Now, sis, stay with me. We're going to go to John chapter 18 in the New Testament, and we're going to look at verse 36. Because you have to understand, we're in a new covenant now. Hello? We're Hello. in a new covenant. So let's stay with the new covenant. Okay. And the word of God says this, verse 36, John 18. So I can't get there now, but I'm listening. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. We have a spiritual kingdom. And we have a spiritual king, which is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So Amen. it's not about this that we see in the Old Testament. We have moved into a new covenant. Okay, thank you. So that's okay, what we, that's what we want to okay. do, is that understand that we don't have flesh and blood battles. Hello? We don't. So let's go to, getting down to the last of them, I'm trying to get this to you. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6. Thank you six. for taking my call. All right, God bless you, sis. Thank you. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. And the word of God says this, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness yes. of the age, against spiritual Amen. hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's where we fight in the spirit. That's why Amen. we need to put on the whole arm of God. That's why there's seven things that we have Thank to have you. in the whole arm of God. And okay. you'll find that. Uh, in the book of Ephesians. Love so we love you. Okay. Uh, we talked love about you. the split. Love you more. We talked God about the split. You. God bless you more. We talked about the split between Saul and Samuel. See where you are with it. We love you. Save the loss at all costs. And God bless. Bye-bye. Amen. God bless. It is our humble prayer that the Most High God of all creation and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit-filled, live called-in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas. Vegas's very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 101.5 FM. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website, www.savethelostlv.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about 
our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org. If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 335852, North Las Vegas, 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 335852, North Las Vegas, 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what.